Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. My name is Rijk van Niekerk and we're talking markets again. My guest today is one of the kings of contrarian investing in South Africa and he is Piet Viljoen of RECM. Piet, welcome to the show. We are living in exciting times, but it seems as if international monetary policy and political events um, have more of an impact on company valuations than ever before. Um, you as a contrarian investor, how do you invest in such a market? Well, like I, I, I think uh, being a contrarian, I'll disagree with you right there. I think, <laughs> I think polit- political events and uh, macroeconomic things have always influenced uh, investment decision makers over the short term. You know, there's a lot of noise about politics always. You know, uh, it doesn't matter at which time you roll back the calendar and point to, you'll find that politics played an enormous role in the headlines of the day and in the sentiment of the day. Um, and also macroeconomic indicators. Um, but the value of a business is determined by the present value of a long stream of cash flow is going to generate into the future, not what's happening today. Um, and I think that's what investors sometimes lose sight of, and they get influenced by all this noise going on. Um, and what we at RCM try and do is just step back from the noise and, and look at the long term and try and make rational decisions around that. How active are you in the market? What you're saying is taking a long-term perspective, but there is a lot of volatility. Are you trading quite actively? No, no, we don't trade actively. Um, we are. We tend to to buy and hold. Um, we think trading in the market. I think your odds of making money is probably better if you go to the casino than trying to trade in the market. Let's talk about the individual markets. Um, where, uh, let's start with the international markets and London. Uh, wh- what do you think uh, of the valuations there? Well, that's, 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 that's very interesting to mention. That. I, I think that's one area of the market where sentiment played a massive role, sentiment and political noise. Um, these two are normally joined at the hip. Uh, when sentiment got very negative in South Africa towards the second half of 2015, um, as a as a country that is a commodity producer, as a company, as a country with political instability, with finance ministers being chopped and changed, and uh, and talk of corruption at senior political levels, uh, there was very much a negative sentiment towards South Africa. The currency tanked, and corporate South Africa went on an acquisition spree, mainly into the UK and into other places. Uh, paying for those acquisitions, paying top dollar for those acquisitions with very with a very undervalued currency, and for a while, for a short period, um, that seemed like a good idea. Uh, but I think those chickens are coming home to roost now, where where some of those companies that are acquired in that spree are turning out to be not such great investments. Plus, the currency is now going against you. So, yeah, uh, so that's that's exactly what I meant when I said earlier on that those sort of sentiment-driven things and politically-driven things are normally, it's normally not great to react to that. Which companies do you think are most at risk? You know, many, you know, Steinhoff is currently investing there. Mediclinic has done a big deal there recently. Uh, you know, we've got some of the other financial stocks there. There's any number of them that have uh, some of the retailers, Truist, uh, Fushini, those guys all went out and bought big in the UK, Bright. Uh, Steinhoff, uh, Mediclinic, but you know, you say which are most at risk. If you look at Bait, the share price is just about half from it. Uh, Mediclinic is down by a third from its high. Um, so there's already been lots of pain there. But I think uh, possibly companies like AB InBev, they, they might be at risk as well because they made a huge acquisition buying SA Breweries, arguably overpaying dramatically. Um, and that's a company that's trading at a P of high 20s with no earnings growth at all for the foreseeable future.
These are typically the type of stocks you would look at as a contrarian investor. Are you looking at those or do you think there may be a more downside? Well, we typically don't look at companies that are trading at PE ratios of 25 or 30 uh, unless the earnings have collapsed, and that's why the PE is high. Uh, but uh, a, a company like AB InBev, which has had strong earnings performance over the past few years, and those earnings are being put on a high multiple by the market, um, those are typically not the sort of companies we would look at. Um, and, and some of these other companies I mentioned that have declined on the back of a reversal in the currency and possibly doing transactions which might have not turned out that well. I think uh, we need to see some more uh, water under the ocean here. I think they've come all from very expensive levels to closer to fair value, but being value investors, we like to buy assets cheaply. Uh, and assets only really get cheap when sentiment turns quite negative, as they were towards resource stocks last year when we uh, were buying quite a lot of resource stocks. Um, and uh, the sentiment isn't that negative yet towards these perennial market favorites like ABNBEV or Mediclinic or Steinhoff or Bait or, you know, it's, it's turning negative, but it's, the sentiment isn't massively negative. And, and, you know, we need that massive negative sentiment to generate the cheap levels that we, we like to get into that. What do you think of the current valuations on, on the local market? It's, it, yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, uh, the market itself, I mean, 20% of the market is NOSPAS, um, which we incorrectly have viewed as being quite expensive for quite a while. So the market on the whole looks expensive, but if you strip out NASPAS, it probably doesn't look optically that expensive. But, you know, the resource stocks have rebounded quite strongly over the past nine months, two years, since probably about September of last year, they've, they've, they've rallied quite strongly. Um, so there's probably less value. They're still cheap, but there's less value there. Uh, the market favorites are still expensive to fair value. And in between the SA industrial, the manufacturing industrial companies, are starting, some of them are starting to look interesting, but it's not, you can't with a broad brushstroke say they're all cheap um, by any stretch of the imagination. So it's, so it's hard to find really good value situations in the market right now. The banking sector seems to be under pressure. Do you not see value there? Yeah, I mean, we own, we own some of the banks, um, so we do see some value there. Um, there's no doubt that they're trading on very low PE ratios, and banks are generally very good business. I mean, they, they sit with sticky customers, I don't know when last you try to change your bank account from one bank to another, but it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's, it's sort of, there's a lot of admin. And all the regulation around FICA and all these things just make customers even more sticky. So it increases the value of customers to banks, all this regulation that you get today. Uh, it makes business harder to do, but it increases the value of the customer to the bank. So, yeah, we think they're good business, and therefore we hold some of them. They're, they're, looking, they're looking inexpensive at this point. Are you buying? Uh, from time to time, we will be buying. We're definitely on the buying side rather than the selling side, given the current price-to-value situations there. Are there other sectors which you are looking at? And as I said, I think some of the industrial manufacturing companies are starting to look cheap, um, without giving away any names there, because we are buying some of them, and um, you know we prefer our clients to get the benefit of that. Uh, we think they, the local industrials are looking cheap. I think the gaming sector is possibly looking cheap. The hotel and resort sector, that's possibly looking cheap. So, so more domestically focused. And it's a general thing. I think globally, emerging markets have gone through a very tough time. And we think emerging markets are cheaper than developed markets. And within emerging markets, we think, we think South Africa is one of the cheaper markets. So we think that similar to 2002, 2003, um, that local companies are positioned to do well for investors over the next five years or so.
I'm just looking at your equity fund as well as your balanced fund. Uh, in your balanced fund, you have about 44% in cash. And in your uh, equity fund, around 20%. Is that the level you've had it historically? Uh, we have been higher and we have been lower. Um, remember, we invest from the bottom up. So, you know, we buy as many cheap companies. And remember, we, we do have a quality overlay. So, it, you know, we prefer to have a predominance of quality businesses in the portfolio. And right now, most quality companies, as I mentioned earlier on, are quite expensive. You know, good quality business like AB InBev, like MediClinic, uh, and those sort of businesses, high quality business with great management, but we find them expensive. We're struggling to, to buy those sort of companies. Uh, and most of the companies that are cheap are not of great quality, so we limit our exposure to those. And therefore, we struggle to get a fully invested position despite there being some cheap stocks around. But cash has performed pretty well uh, over the short term, at least. Uh, wh- where do you invest the, the, your cash um, investments? Our cash investments are always uh, in fairly liquid uh, money market assets. We Earlier this year, uh, at the height of the negative sentiment, when bond yields um, spiked up over around 10% level, we did acquire some bonds. Uh, but we still have a small position of 5 to 10%. It's not a big position of bonds. Um, in your fact sheet for September for your balance fund, Impala Platinum is your b- biggest company, uh, and you've held it for quite a long time. Why, why Impala? Well, as I said earlier on, we think uh, many of the resource companies are still quite cheap. Uh, Impala has done amazingly well so far this year. It, it looks like the worst is over for them. Um, they seem to be generating cash again. Uh, and we think at these levels, it's still cheap. Uh, still, it, it, it's probably one of the cheapest good quality business we can find out there in the market. And that's why we are such high working towards it. But there's a reason why they are so cheap. There's not a very positive short-term and medium-term expectation for commodities or the commodity cycle to turn. How long do you have to wait to actually realize that value? Sometimes longer than it's comfortable. That's the unfortunate truth. But uh, ultimately, these things do come through. Um, so a company like Anglo American has tripled over the past nine months from less than 60 rand to over 180 rand, despite the outlook for commodities not improving at all, really. Uh, if anything, it's probably flat. Uh, so remember, companies get cheap when sentiment is negative. Um, and you don't need fundamentals to improve to, for them to do well. All you need is at the margin for sentiment to, sentiment to improve a bit. And that's what happened. what's happened with many resource companies over the past nine months is that the fundamentals are the same. There's no change in the fundamentals. The fundamentals are just as poor as they were nine months ago. Uh, we sort of bottom-of-cycle environment. Um, but the sentiment at the margin has just changed slightly positive, and then you get a tripling in the share price, so, such as we've seen in Impala and Anglos and Saw and many of those companies. Uh, that, and that's all you need. Uh, I just said that we seem to be at bottom of cycle um, conditions in the commodity sector. So when you are at bottom of cycle conditions, uh, the next thing that's going to happen, you just don't know when, but it will happen, is the cycle starts moving up. Hmm. And when you're top of cycle conditions, the next thing that happens is the cycle turns down. And you don't know when, and it's hard to forecast these things, but you know that it is cyclical because of long lead times to, to, to build and expand mines and to close down mines. So that's why the sector is cyclical, and that, that cycle hasn't gone away. I also see you don't have uh, in your top holdings in, in both your equity funds uh, any property uh, stocks being in the top no. ten. We think that most things uh, uh, most things that are priced off the yield curve, in other words, priced off interest rates, are expensive today uh, for two reasons. Number one, we think interest rates have been... Uh, 
have been manipulated to artificially low levels by central banks globally to try and stimulate economic activity. Um, and the second thing is that um, because of low interest rates, investors have this almost irrational desire to reach for yield, to, 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 to invest into yield-generating assets, causing the price of those assets to go up to well in excess of intrinsic value. And that's what's happened to property stocks over the past 18 months or, or five years even. Um, they've just rocketed up, and we think most property companies are trading at levels well in excess of fair value. And, and the proof of that is what's happening in the market today. Almost every day there's some sort of issue of stock for cash, either for acquiring another property company or an accelerated book build or a rights issue or an offshore acquisition. But property companies are raising huge amounts of cash through selling shares to, to investors at this point in time. And that's normally a sign of a frothy market or an over, overvalued market because the insiders, the businessmen, they're smart. They, they know their shares are overvalued and therefore they are willing to issue them as much as they can. Contrarian investors have had a bit of a, you know, a few headwinds in, in the recent years, as well as RCM. But you did see a bounce quite recently, mostly due to the resource stocks that have uh, recovered really well. I'm sure you're quite glad for that bounce. And, and how do you foresee uh, getting back to the yield curve? Uh, our forecasting ability is very poor. Uh, we, we don't know how it's going to work out. All we know is that over time, owning cheap and undervalued assets generates a good return. Um, sometimes you have to sit through periods where it looks bleak and it looks incorrect, like during 2015. But ultimately, um, owning cheap assets pays off. Uh, and we're going through, I, I think we started, the value cycle is starting, started to turn up, but I think it still has lots of legs to go in the next five to ten years. Um, it's been an extended down cycle for value investors, and, and you referred to us as contrarian. Yes, we are contrarian, but we, you know, we actually value investors. We buy undervalued uh, assets. And um, up to quite recently, um, growth and momentum assets had done very, very well, but it looks like the value cycle is starting to come in uh, in favor again, and we're well positioned for that. I mean, our equity fund this year is up 35%, where most, you know, where the market is basically flat to up 5%. So, so we've recovered a lot of lost ground, but I think there's more to come. Thank you, Pit. That was Pit Falun of ReCM.